0: everybody, and welcome to the newest episode of our Here Here Companion podcast. Uh, my name is Jordan, I sing in La Dispute, and I am your facsimile of a podcast host. And I am today uh, gathered on video chat with two of my closest friends and bandmates. Uh, Adam, say hello, Adam.
1: Hey, hi.
0: <laughs> Corey, say hi, Corey.
2: Hey, what's up?
0: just chilling. So, uh 2 weeks ago I spoke with Chad and we talked about his first creative prompt for uh, new here here song number 1. Um and I'm going to just quick do a little recap and then uh we'll transition out of that into talking first about maybe some some background and some context and then we'll get into talking about both of your experience uh writing parts based on chad's prompt so all right so here's verbatim what chad had said us paint equals sound you equal painter add paint to the track one layer at a time once paint is laid down it cannot be removed but it can be covered or reworked as much as necessary until the painter is happy get a color you are happy with before you listen to the track set up your equipment and make sure everything is working first Once you are satisfied, play back the track and adjust your sound as the track plays once through. Go back to the beginning and record the first idea that comes to your mind. If desired, switch to a secondary instrument and record another pass. Once your paint is on track, it cannot be deleted, but it can be manipulated beyond recognition if desired to do so. Manipulations should be done in real time if possible, such as by editing information of an effect as the track plays. So that's Chad's prompt in a nutshell. He also has a bonus prompt, but I'm going to skip that because I don't think anyone's gotten a chance to get to it. Um, So basically the idea of Chad's prompt was to emphasize spontaneity and to kind of push you away from the part of your brain that hyper-analyzes things and allow you to kind of uh, put down what comes naturally, mistakes and all. So I wanted to talk to you guys about uh, maybe some past experiences you've had as either songwriters or really anything at all, any other creative endeavor to see if that type of thinking has ever been a tool you've utilized. If you've ever been stuck somewhere or struggled with something and then uh, broke out of that by relying on spontaneity to either finish recording or writing a part. Um, is that something that has ever entered into your creative conversation at all? And I can start maybe with Adam.
1: Um, Alphabetically, yeah, I, I think a bulk of my, I I don't think I'm someone who gets caught up in, um, t- not takes. Uh, the, the the interesting thing about the prompt is the distinction between writing and recording doesn't really exist, mm. and I find obviously with recording the qualifiers are very different, um, because it's going to be pressed or released, um, whereas in writing, you're not married to anything until recording happens. So right. because the prompt didn't make a distinction, I didn't either. I think um, a lot of my successful part-making is spontaneous uh, almost all the time, at least in, sure. in all of my memory. Uh, every song, really, remember when we were doing pano and we were writing pano in the, in the practice space and after the reset, when we started over and we started writing the record, uh, in order, um, every song just like existed, right? None of these were things that we knew going in, but you'd say track two, we're going to drive pretty hard out of one. And, it won't necessarily be super fast, but it's going to be like really in your face. And then there's this stick clicks and we go. And like the part that came from that is the front half of Fulton street too. And it's not something that we had written before or played before, but it just existed instantaneously. And I think I had that experience more than ever with making Pano where almost everything came whole cloth, uh In the moment, and then ended up being w- what it was f- through and through um very little change yeah, totally. happened, but in like a good way, it just was this was supposed to happen, and then it happened um I can think back to being in the cabin for rooms two, and the part for a woman reading the bass part in the second verse, where I'm playing it consistently, that part also is just like this exists now. And I actually had to pull it back and make it make sense with the sort of additive process that we were playing with in the first verse. But the actual like progression or riff, I guess, uh just was there and I just like grabbed it. I think that's sure. how I consider my role a lot of the time too. Whether it be from nothing, like a lot of Pano was, or if there's an existing part guitar part or, or something that needs bass next. I sort of thrive on finding what's supposed to be there and filling it in. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think uh I won't get into it yet cuz I want to pick your brain more about that later, but I th- I remember when Chad was talking first about the prompt, it struck me that I felt like you were particularly suited for this because I think as a as an artist, as a musician, as a contributor to this band, you're very good at What you just said like instinctively knowing what needs to be there so i I was curious if 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 this came easy for you but i'll get specifically into that when we switch to the next section um i think it's interesting that you talk about panorama because for some reason i didn't in the first three weeks of talking about this prompt it never really occurred to me how much of the record was written that way and how much of this record or that record compared to anything else we've done in the past really relied on uh instinctively and spontaneously moving from from one thing to the next thing.
1: Yeah, it's re- it's difficult to describe because I'm not the sort of person who practices bass every day or learns theory. I, I don't know any theory still, like everything I know I just know from jamming with mostly us and then, you know, a few bands along the way. But so much of my practice it's uh yeah (laughs) i I led with this is difficult to describe (laughs) it's so ethereal it just um it's almost like the part is there and it's being played by my hands like a second in the future and i hear it Hmm. and then i go back one second and then i play it you know like it was supposed to be there and i just yeah Channeled it. it. It's it feels like automatic writing a lot of the time.
0: Yeah, that's that's awesome. That's like uh, I think when we were able to collectively do that, it's the kind of like intangible magic uh, of making music that lends itself to like the most pretentious conversations. But it is sort yeah. of just like <laughs> you sort of just feel the right thing to do. Um, right.
1: I, I feel like I should mention too because I've used the term automatic writing a lot when when we were talking about panorama that it's not mm-hmm. just like writing that happens automatically. It's like a channeling thing. Um, people who are, uh, said to be gifted with like uh, the ability to commune with other like realms. Basically you would just hold a pen and paper and something would write through you. So, uh, which is like, you know, I dig that kind of stuff. Um, I've never actually like actively done that, but that's what it feels like when I pick up bass and there's no part, and then there's a part.
0: Yeah, for sure. I remember having automatic writing, I think, written on the whiteboard when we were making panorama. Uh, I also, that's excellent Wikipedia homework for anyone <laughs> listening who is not familiar with the term. Uh, Corey, does that make sense to you? Does that does that speak to your process?
2: I need to Wikipedia the term "automatic writing."
0: <laughs> I don't even necessarily mean automatic writing. I just writing. made a lost
2: joke. That's all I was formulating <laughs> <laughs> yeah. as uh, as Adam was talking, but I, I missed it. <laughs> I missed
0: it
1: too.
2: I said, "Are you Lindelofing me right now?" <laughs> Something to that effect.
1: Um, I am.
2: I would say much more of a tinkerer in sure. general uh I like to i mean i it's different too, because i largely I know Adam, you've talked about this before, like the main people you have jammed with has been lot dispute for most of your life, basically, yeah, and coming from just a different different angle of that, like my thing was you know coming from being in a couple bands which is how i know you guys uh was to just be very like adaptive so i think improvisationally i can work that way um especially specifically with the guitar because that is like the musical language i speak the best but it's definitely not the way i typically work i think i probably lean more towards just like trying to um probably just trying to f- fucking control everything i don't know <laughs> but so i i don't do that during this but uh going to the question of times we've i it has served me yeah would would be um most recently just i like i said i consider myself a good guitar player i record other music or that i typically will sing on and i Feel definitely, I play guitar better than I sing, so I've started writing writing melodies just by, like I'll have the basis of a song, and then I'll just play, I'll just like basically solo over it, and any melodies that I like that came out on guitar, sure, um, I'll use like whatever the catchiest ones are. Maybe I'll use that as a vocal vocal melody. And I think that has served getting me out of a rut of. I don't know, leaning on sort of the same melodies just because, you know, that's a less developed musical skill I have.
0: Sure, that makes a lot of sense where you can, like, uh, break ground with your forte and then circle back with something you feel less comfortable beginning with. That um, also reminds me, we, Chad and I talked about, uh, like, when you're recording and and you're doing something over and over and over and again, inevitably you make mistakes, you make errors and sometimes uh, doing so is what leads you to a cooler part or sort of like happy accidents. Um, Have either of you uh, ever made an error that became something on a recording or that pushed you in a different direction?
1: I don't know that I have personally. I think back and I've, Don't remember super well, but a thing that a musical theme that occurs and recurs a lot on wildlife is this sort of dissolving of uh, a feeling of normalcy that we uh, specifically with the uh, departure, a letter, a poem, uh, a broken jar, explore a lot. And I do too. I specifically did in the parts that I was making. So it was almost, it was deliberately making a mistake um, Hmm. or omitting portions of a part so that when you then play the part normal later, you think back to the part where it was missing. That was a thing that I did deliberately in a lot of the songs on wildlife and played with Brad in that way of, there should be a note here, there should be a, a progression here and there's not. Right. And then however many measures later it is there, which really is supposed to, supposed to highlight the fact that it wasn't there before. Um but I w- those I wouldn't call mistakes. I think they were deliberate omission. They they were there to sound like something was wrong. Which is yeah, like yeah, sort yeah. of different than something actually being wrong totally Um,
0: that i i forgot that you did that um that's cool i and that that that, to i'm i think you probably did it less probably to challenge yourself but more to cue into like to find another way to cue into the themes of the songs mm -hmm. for the person who's listening to it for the audience
1: yeah to Um, me it's sort of you know when you watch a movie there's the plot of the movie and there's the dialogue but then you have all these sort of Invisible factors of color grading and like prop design and and all the sort of things that you take for granted uh, as a viewer a lot of the time. But in a really rich film, you can use those to yeah further those thematic or metaphorical goals. And I think that record, we got very deep into how, how can these themes be present in every like layer of the whole thing?
0: right yeah and it's it's not always as obvious as a visual cue you're, you're relying on uh, th- sometimes things that probably too also get buried in the mix or that aren't as easy to pick up on as the things that are more up in the front like the words being uh, spoken to you that's sick can either of you think of parts on other people's records that contain mistakes or things that feel even if they weren't necessarily kind of organically spontaneous
2: good riddance by green day (laughs) where billy joe messes up at the beginning
1: and goes oh fuck
2: and you're like oh that's punk as hell
1: (laughs) um yeah nothing really comes to mind there is uh on that better oblivion community center record that came out last year there's like the drummer who's complaining at the start. Like I can't count it cause the, there's like an immediate slowdown. So there's the four count doesn't make sense, but then they put the four count on the record. I, I, but I think stuff like that a lot of the time, not, it's not contrived, but it's left there on purpose. I don't know that we have any, Oh, you know what? We did that. Yeah, we do. On, <laughs> yeah, we did that on, uh, the last track of r- rooms, um, yeah, yeah, ob- yeah. objects in space where we do the false start and laugh. And that was like, it was real, but, but, Obviously, leaving it in the recording was a choice. Um, I like stuff like that. Uh, It it adds a sense of reality, I think, that is often missing because a record is such a produced uh, thing through and through. You can revise it as much as you want before it's released to the extent that sometimes it loses an essence of humanity. And I think things like that sort of remind you, like, there are people making this.
0: Yeah, totally. Corey, does anything come to mind?
2: Not I don't know. I, I feel I'm like kinda, a I'm lot putting of, you on the spot. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, I feel like uh there's a lot of people that do like the emotional like final word and mic drop, dropping mm. noise, that sort of thing. I don't know how effective that is anymore. Or, yeah,
0: it's it's hard to probably uh make that sound new at this point.
2: Yeah. I don't know, nothing's coming to mind. I did want to say one thing about the original question, just come back yeah, to act, very yeah. quickly though, is that uh, I think the thinking about the first sort of large format thing I have worked on as a musician, where spontaneity was such a big part of the process, was definitely Panorama, and I didn't sure. think about it much until Adam brought it up, and I think it was cool because it, and it takes a lot of musical trust and definitely goes back to what you were saying like there is something i think very instinctive about the way adam and brad play together uh that locks in immediately and if that was missing from panorama like i don't know if we would have made songs
0: no i think that i mean truly and i don't know why this didn't occur to me but uh, hearing you both talk about it it is like the the perfect example of a time in this band's history that we have Uh, relied on a prompt and a very similar prompt to this whether or not it was explicitly stated to break out of issues that we were having because we were failing miserably for quite some time to make a record before we uh, turned off our brains a little bit and like really relied on our natural instincts and i think a big part of that and a big part of this band is that back and forth between brad and adam when it comes to like building the direction of a song so i wanted to talk and i'm going to move it into the the present day about uh your experiences directly with chad's prompt chad wrote a part gave us these parameters and then sent it to chad brad and adam and they have all now uh, contributed parts to that song based on those restrictions, um, Corey. I am interested in general in your experience first, given that this is the first hear here" thing you've done since that well, we've done since you've joined the band. Um, so yeah, just I, I don't know anything you want to say about how following this directive
2: was for you. Um, well, it's def. It was definitely not what i would naturally do but i kind of knew that this exercise has like sort of been on chad's mind for a while um so i think in a lot of ways it was a little bit uncomfortable to like just like quote unquote rip a performance and then just let it let that be what it is and i think it was a really healthy and cool challenge um there's definitely I kind of like did my pass and sort of let it be what it is. And I just tried to feel it out as much as I could. There's definitely things where I'm like, "Eh, it's not the most exciting uh, bit, but I think it fit the mood. And that was the thing that's cool to lock into, even though we're all like sort of apart from each other is like, like I could feel everyone, you know how they would play very present in this uh, yeah. song, so it was easy to lock in. Even though it was, I would probably have done a couple more passes, etc. But that's not the point of this prompt, <clears throat> and I'm I'm
0: happy we did it the way we did. So sure, but you found it easier to navigate because because you could hear other people's tendencies, so it sort of felt
2: familiar. It did well. I I think the uh, really the baseline helped make it feel like a song to me which Mm -hmm. i thought and so that like helped me kind of find you know where the key is ironically because i don't know if adam works in keys necessarily (laughs) right uh but yeah i mean uh i don't know I, i i feel i really love just bass and drums so maybe it's i i play guitar you know and so i i get bored of it at in time in some ways Hmm. so i definitely look at least in this band particularly to like that sort of unit messed up unification that brad and uh adam have when they play but uh as far as it just being a approaching the here here project as an outside um perspective i've been kind of wanting to to for us to do a here here for a while actually because it it was more open ended in terms of just ideas and the way everything is presented so i i definitely went into it um with pretty open open mind and pretty excited cool. so yeah that's awesome i'm i'm interested to hear what everyone else's prompts are yeah same
1: and where mine ends up i think
2: <laughs> did you Me
1: too. write a part before recording it. So this kind of comes back to my like there, because the prompt doesn't distinguish between writing and recording. How much did you have either in your head or actual part before you hit record?
2: I didn't write anything. Um, I per the, uh, what Chad uh, had put in the prompt, like finding the tone during that part, I let some of it play so I could sort of find the key and then which I, I at first I did a really miserable job of and then um but I just did one pass through it which is why it's like a little bit like solo type stuff that's hmm. kind of my natural mode when I'm just like doing a first pass like just trying to find melodies and things like that so
0: yeah, yeah I wondered the same question uh Adam had you put some thought into it before you went to actually put something down
1: uh, this probably will not come as a surprise, given what I said earlier. Um, yeah, <laughs> I would say from hearing it for for the first time to sending in files was less than an hour. Uh, okay, I hit play while I set up a a bass track and like an amp simulator. Um, and like Corey, I figured out what the what the key I guess I figured out what number was right and it was like an eleven or something and that doesn't mean anything to anybody but <laughs> that's that's often how I think of a part or a, a note is the x fret on the y string um and from there I kind of just know the shapes of chords that we often use Corey and I talk a lot about shapes when we were making panorama and Uh, that is how I understand how things work. So if I know one piece of the shape, which in this case was what I think is a root note, (laughs) um, I can go to town from there. So Mm. while I'm setting up the amp and getting a tone, the track is playing. I found the, the note that I'm going to frame my shapes around. Then I just hit record and I did it and, a lot of what's there is first take. I I didn't go over. I think I went over one part because I made a mistake that was bad enough. That was like, I can't write this off as just a mistake, Uh, like a quirk in the song. I actually need to do this part over again. And what's also funny too, is I try to build an amp out that sounds like my thing. The super bass man with the gain all the way up and, uh, no pedals. And it's very difficult, uh, on my computer to do so. And I live now in an apartment complex. So using a real amp is not an option. You, there's not one here, but I also couldn't if I wanted to. So, um, I ended up going back after recording and I would say I did two passes. Um, uh, I did one pass that is 90% of it. And then one pass to fix the, the the error. I ended up then going in a very diff- different direction with my tone. And uh, I don't know if I, I feel like you all might notice because I have such a like to me a signature sound and I went really opposite on this for it because it's not a driving song and I didn't want a driving part.
0: Yeah, I noticed for sure uh, the one I've listened to it once now because um, I wasn't sure how much i meant to be listening to it also, right. or like how much <laughs> pre planning I'm meant to be doing before I actually sit down to work through the prompt, which I uh, have not quite yet done, but we'll be doing.
2: This Can I throw week. <laughs> a little a little worm in your brain about the your baseline? Yeah. It's that uh, <laughs> somehow the ending, especially when it's um, you know, the ending. I won't give too much away for Jordan, but. I <laughs> I really really kept hearing the guitar parts to uh the kids in the hall theme like the shadowy oh man on a shadowy planet <laughs> and I hope that really s- just sticks in your craw. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh great. All all of so I'm going to slip a kids in the hall reference into into my contribution. I'm going to Yes, please. The chicken Talk lady. about um the chicken later, smushing people with my thumbs or something. <laughs> This is not going This is this wow. is content specifically geared toward just us three. Yeah.
1: Anyway, Wikipedia though, kids at all. Um, <laughs> yeah, that all said, I enjoyed making it, but I get a kind of sick satisfaction from being like, nailed it in one. I'm out. <laughs> Let's yeah it, see I, <laughs> that's kind of how I, expect,
0: I i i kind of expected that that's how it would go for you and that's what i was saying earlier that i think you were particularly adept to crush this prompt um and the specifics i, I, I to get to you so kind of for sure yeah i'm i'm extremely the opposite and i think i'm more like i don't know I'm, I'm more of a tinker Corey, like you and i think brad definitely is and i think that Chad probably would be, uh, were it not for the fact that he applies this directive to his own work often. I think, at least in the context of law dispute, maybe less so when
2: he's doing his own thing. I I um, think maybe more so based on what I've yeah. heard. that's not that's not an overarching <clears throat> box to put. No, you're probably in. yeah, you're probably right that he. I, I, it's what makes I think a lot of his work compelling is is the harnessing of sort of the heart of this prompt basically which I think is where the rest of us sort of come in in some ways.
0: And you can hear it on, uh, I think you can like really, really hear it on the part that Chad sent out to all of you. And this is the specific I wanted to get to with you, Adam, is that uh, Chad's part is, is very cool and it's very uh, unconventional. And then I, I, I had a little bit of trouble like, feeling where the song was going until your bass part came in and that to me is like speaks to that ability of yours to instinctively know what a, a song requires and also i think it speaks to just like the way that after however many years of writing music together we all really can uh feed off what another person has done which makes this prompt and i think all of the ones to come a really cool representation of our band's creative process. Um, I'm not sure. I'm just rambling, but I also wanted to talk about because you were talking about Adam. You're talking about the technical aspect of it, the fact that you can't record with your your actual gear, even if it was where you are, because of the limitations that you have living in a building with a bunch of other people and neighboring apartments. And that's a part of this prompt for that I didn't like when Chad first started talking about it. That I didn't really get, but that's such a big part of it's, it's, it's almost just as much about the technical restrictions as it is about the creative restriction.
1: And yeah, there's the aspect of you're allowed to go in and modulate the sound that you already laid down. And I'm like, I don't know how to do that. And <laughs> I, I definitely don't know how to do that in GarageBand So I'm just not gonna, and like, not because mm-hmm. I didn't want to, but I genuinely don't know how or, or what I would do, so I just let it be. And I think the sound that I'm uh, uh, alluding to is different for me, but it's like functional for the song and for bass in general. Um, so there wasn't a whole lot I would want to do, but it, because it was in the rules, I really wanted to play with that rule. And yeah, like you said, the limitation of space and uh, skill and resource uh, sort of disallowed me from doing so, which isn't right. a bad thing yeah. because that's I think where I would get lost in the weeds. And I'm not I'm, I'm not a big knob turner either. I think you all know that uh, of me. Yeah. I have a clean and a dirty sound, and and they're not super different, and and that's good. It's functional and utilitarian, because um, a lot of the dynamic I get is from performance. And I don't know anything about gear. So, yeah, all that's really interesting in how it affected the actual sound of my contribution versus the part itself, which sort of existed outside of me um, right. already. So the re- the resulting track is the- an interesting hybrid of what it is meant to be uh, numbers-wise, notes-wise, with... Sure. What it has to be which is the sound wise
0: yeah that's very cool that's very well said i uh will i'm I'm much more uh like you in a in some respect in this respect that i i can't really uh turn knobs to alter things after the fact and i'm in a similar situation recording wise that i can't i can't i mean differently i mean i'm in an apartment complex but i also can't I don't have the gear or the space to be yelling, so automatically uh, there's that restriction. I have to be somewhat conversational in the performance I add. But then uh, I won't be able to cover up errors with any sort of technical wizardry because I literally know how to press record and Mm -hmm. talk into a microphone. There's nothing else beyond that that I know how to do. Um, But, Corey, you mentioned making a slight mistake chad sent me some questions to ask um uh, so i'm gonna read how Chad's- many mistakes did you make no,
1: no but i think <laughs> i think it's cool that you it's cool Love that you chad. felt like
0: you made <laughs>
1: you made an error
0: because that's i think exactly what chad wanted right like he wanted mistakes to come through uh yeah so anyway, think- chad chad go ahead
2: oh no no go ahead with what you're gonna say
0: I was going to say, Chad sent this question. He said, The smearing of paint is sort of a failsafe, which came out of me breaking my own rules in some way. I found the results more interesting than when I was following the rules completely. Did anyone put something down they weren't happy with and partially or completely smear it by manipulating it after the fact? Did anyone break the rules? Um, I think mean, we already know the answer to Adam's. Did you, when you made a, a slight error, Corey, did you do anything
2: after the fact to to make it fit better or no I actually I fought the urge and that's because I've been deep into like mixing and all the technical like nerd bullshit that comes with that and like being able to manipulate sounds and like you know modulate and go back in and sort of kind of do this crazy stuff with it which I think I don't know if I'd be allowed to i'm s i think I still might do, but I kind of wanted to speak like I was saying like in my first voice first sure. um so I think i I just left the uh guitar stuff like just left it more as a performance thing because I do cool. think that i I just didn't have the time really to go back in and really uh mess with stuff. Sure. In, in the in the way that the prompt uh had stated but i think i might i'd be interested in adding another layer if that fits within the restrictions
0: sure yeah i think i feel like it does uh I also, going back to the lost comment, I feel like I just heard the smoke monster in the background of one of your microphones. It sounded absolutely terrifying. I also, this is totally off tangent, but I wanted to uh, just briefly highlight all of our tendency to be self-deprecated because every time Bass and I are talking, we're like, we don't know how to do shit. And then as soon as Corey's like, I know how to do shit, but it's all nerd bullshit. So we just automatically tear down everything about ourselves. I don't know. I believe all uh, that
2: though. It is nerd bullshit. And if anyone knows nerd bullshit, it's, I mean, vast for sure, but. (laughs) But me, you know, I bring up the rear on that, on that train. Yeah.
0: Hey, we all, we all do. We all got our, our nerd bullshit. Um, This is uh, Chad's second question. And I'm not going to ask Adam because I think once again, it's been covered, but. Corey, did you feel like the pressure of recording in one take made you play
2: any differently than you normally would? Yes. I definitely did. Uh well, I think all of the natural like first take strokes like that I would make are there. So that's sort of that is what it is. Um but I think I just played a little bit more reserved. But that was also due to the song itself, like I wanted to do something a little bit more reserved and and atmospheric because it didn't in the same way it didn't call for super bassman overdrive it didn't feel like the song necessarily called for you know palm muted breakdowns baby
0: (laughs) it would have come out entirely differently had you approached it that way
2: yeah you know it's in there
0: Cool. So the last question that Chad had, we've covered extensively asking about how uh, this experiment related to panorama. So I think let's move toward uh, looking ahead. Are there any lessons that either of you would take from this experience? Anything that you'll consider incorporating
1: going forward? Personally, not so much only insofar as I already treat most of my work in this way. um, If anything, I think it gives me a a nice little hall pass to do less, which Hmm. (laughs) um, is sort of my instinct anyway, but I'll do 10 takes and use the first one sometimes. Um, I think now with this in the pocket, I can more confidently be like, that's the one. I don't need to. I don't need to keep iterating on it because I know that sure. that one like feels right. That's the one that's supposed to be there. Will Yip says differently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Will definitely knows not to to burst my bubble, and he'll be like, "That one's great. Just get another one for safety." But you're good to go. And I'm like, "Yeah, I know that one's the one." But he probably is using like the ninth one.
0: He. <laughs> I wonder sometimes if, 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 Will, this is the second time we talked about Will in this podcast, uh, I'm going to have to, we're going to have to interview Will in one of these. Oh yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, uh, I feel like he, he probably has a different, because part of, part of Will's talent, I think is, is finding someone's tendencies and emphasizing that. So I think that he probably, uh, knows not to push you, Adam, to record 3000 parts like he does the rest of us. Cause he knows that, you know, you've got it.
1: Yeah, and whether I do or not, he he gets to figure out. But as long as I believe that I do, then I'm good to go. <laughs> good. Then yippee!
0: Yeah. Uh, Corey did did you uh, did did anything this in this prompt resonate with you? Did it like make you reevaluate an, an approach of yours or think about maybe adding more of this into
2: what you do going forward? Uh, I will say that. I think because this is sort of the way I would approach things, but then like it would extrapolate into further experimenting, tinkering and like refining that this is just like step one of like maybe 10 steps that I would take that might be unnecessary. Hmm. So I think in that way, it just reiterates like finding the correct feel for the song. Like Chad set up the feel like Adam kind of glued it together and then to, to, if I were to come in and my instinct was just to be heard or to do something inappropriate like I don't know it it I, or to overcook it basically but I think because it it has a loose feel and that's the the vibe and like kind of the emotional content of the music for wherever it's taking us that yeah that uh sometimes that's that is like even even the parts where I feel like oh man like I didn't nail the timing there but that is what Chad is wants to evoke out of us so I think in that way I'm happy with it but I probably wouldn't put it into my usual routine but maybe it'll it'll make me look at the first raw thing like the instinct more closely to see what where the value is in that Compared to things that are might be overcooked, you know. I think there's always it's always good to reference. If you're a tinkerer, I think it's good to reference not losing the plot, right? Totally. I think that yeah, for, that's a huge
0: thing for me. Also, is that uh, there's a point at which uh, over analysis uh, robs a part of its integrity and the human aspect of it. So. I think Chad's intention with the prompt probably was to do exactly what I think both of you are in a way saying to like pull, pull back just like a little bit toward the beginning, not necessarily to say like you have to do the first thing, but, but like understand that the first impulse you have is valuable and finding a balance between working on something too much to where it's unrecognizable and not, you know, like so there's there's a balance there to be struck. I think that's really valuable. I also think what you said, Corey, talks like speaks to the whole point of this project as a whole from the beginning is like introducing a restriction or an idea and seeing what that does to y- your brain while being creative. It gives you uh, an excuse to think of something in a very specific fashion. I think that can really. Um, unlock different things in how one approaches art or music or life in general. And that's cool. I think it's,
2: it's fun. Go ahead. uh, I was going to say, the other thing that I think is really cool about this is like, I've had so many late night conversations with Chad where he's been taught, literally talked about doing this exact thing. Like, you know, like sometimes like mistakes are muse. I'm super paraphrasing for him. Um, But, like, you know, sometimes that is, like, the beauty of what we're making, and I would love to do an exercise, blah, 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 which we're doing now. So it's one thing to always know that that is, like, a tendency he has, and to just, like, understand people more by, like, engaging in what they actually, in their process, is a really profound way of getting to know someone.
0: That's really cool. I hadn't, that hadn't occurred to me. Uh, It does really, like... Yeah, it's a very it's a very good introduction to more than just the way Chad works creatively, but the way he thinks and he operates thinks and what he values. Person.
2: Cause there's definitely times, and I'm gonna be real right now, like where he'll send like a two hour long guitar part and yeah. and uh I don't know what to to make of it, but now engaging with his process, I will be able to know what to make of it more. And that makes me understand, you know. My friend more and that is cool and that's just through literally taking it did not take me super super long like taking 20 minutes to set up and play through someone's instinctual idea is pretty cool
0: yeah absolutely uh that's very cool um i think it it shows how effective uh, experiments like this can be toward getting closer to people and to the way they work and that's awesome so yeah we're we're probably at the point where we can close out do either
2: of you have anything that you wanted to add uh my prompt is just gonna be get as high as possible <laughs> 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 and just write whatever the hell comes up no i i don't know i don't have anything that doesn't have to stand yo what up? i think
1: <laughs> i think my prompt will be informed by the th- things I found successful about this more so not in my own performance, but in the ways that the rest of the band are taking them to heart. Or like you said, Corey, how you kind of expand that beyond just this individual track. Um, all the stuff that I've been tinkering with or brainstorming doesn't have that sort of profound nature built into it or some some could but don't yet so i'm very interested in how my own prompt will change and then be implemented with that in mind with something that i wasn't considering before that's cool it didn't occur
0: to me even uh that that would happen but that's that's yeah very cool so yeah this will this is great this is an interesting talk I i had a really good time doing it um we're gonna do another one shortly uh and brad and i will be talking about his experience uh i'm interested to hear because i think more than anyone this probably goes against brad's uh tendencies as a creative person he is a tinkerer for sure and he'll be i'll talk about how it was for me and i already am sweating with anxiety about having a two to four hour limit to be working on a part so yeah appreciate you guys getting together and talking about it um this will be up soon early access for subscribers at patreon.com slash view. yeah thanks guys